0: Hello and welcome to this special podcast episode brought to you by the Treasury Today Group. I'm Meg Coates, co-publisher and head of operations. This episode explores some of the highlights from our recent Women in Treasury US Forum, which took place November this year. Joining us on the day were Danette Lee, Vice President and Assistant Treasurer, Corporate Finance at Host Hotels and Resorts.
1: We've talked about mentors. This is not necessarily a formal mentorship, but having that community and being able to ask questions. I feel like I've been pretty fortunate to have informal mentors in my career. And this is one way of being able to give back to others in the
0: organization. Karina Inga Kaminsky, Senior Director, Capital Markets at Gilead Sciences.
2: There's so much value of bringing a community together. And I truly believe that there's power in building that community.
0: Fung Ungo-Burns, Chief Accounting Officer and Treasurer at NextTier. My
3: journey is a journey of keeping up with your network, you know, finding your mentor, and then wherever you're at, be willing to be a mentor too, and just sharing stories or just sharing experiences.
0: Dorothy Musho, Executive Vice President, Head of Commercial Banking Sales, Global Liquidity and Cash Management at HSBC.
4: So for me, early on, it was around sports and being part of a team and understanding what happened when you all worked together, you were all on the same page and the thrill of winning, the thrill of execution.
0: Lisa Davis, Global Head of Digital Channels at JPMorgan Wholesale Payments.
5: The lessons that I learned during those very hard and difficult times are part of my journey today and and I use all of that.
0: Moderated by Sophie Jackson, co-publisher and Head of Strategic Content at the Treasury Today Group.
6: Welcome to our Women in Treasury Forum, which would normally be in New York, but now we're happy to be joined by attendees from across the states and some from EMEA, so welcome everyone.
0: Over the course of the day we had a lively discussion, live polling of the audience and an interactive QA session. Here's just a sneak peek at some of the highlights from the day.
6: It's sad we haven't got longer with everybody because the more detailed version of your story is even more thrilling. But one of the things that we spoke about was how often you've actually encountered somebody in the industry who comes from a similar place to you and why you think this makes representation and visibility important. So so tell me about that.
3: So Sophie, it's really because the promotion, I think the word diversity, equality and the integration of all of us It's really, it comes down to the diversity of thoughts, getting everyone to be able to share their story and to be able to kind of demonstrate and help you to know that you are never alone in your journey. Lisa earlier said, you know, the knowing yourself, knowing where you come from, knowing your strengths, and at the same time, your weaknesses. I feel that's why coming across and and being open to coming across individuals with similar backgrounds as myself is to number one, affirm that maybe I'm not as crazy as I thought I was in certain things that, you know, why do I aspire to do so much? Or um, like Dorothy said earlier, right? We do have, I feel like I have to check off the list before I can step into doing something But having met other individuals like myself, having been through and achieving where they're at as leaders, Uh, for example, I had the privilege of meeting a Vietnamese immigrant. She came over in the late uh, 70s, her family did like myself, and she is now one of the managing partners at a private equity firm highly, you know, well regarded. Everyone I've come across said she is very well spoken. She is extremely smart. And when she speaks, we listen. And I I was able to meet with her and being able to just, you know, again, share her journey. And it's funny how similar we are. But in talking with her, I feel like what I've learned is I may be more timid than she is. She was willing to jump first before, you know, coming back and check her list, you know, and her sharing her thoughts and her journey, what she's been through helped me to say, okay, then I I understand where my aspirations came from. The role models that my mom gave me to have grit, to just persevere and looking at the end goals where you would like to be that I am not the only, you know, sometimes people say, you're crazy for putting in so many hours, you're doing this. But when I just, you know, turn around, hear someone and boy, listening to her, the managing partner from the private equity firm, I go, wow, you know, now I feel really small. Now I feel like, yeah, I was slacking off and, uh, you know, and she is definitely much stronger than I am. So it's okay. I think what she's taught me to and understanding why we have to make this visible, this community, like all the speakers today, gosh, I would love to take this recording and sharing it with various organizations, not-for-profit that I'm involved in. It's just that visibility is to reassure for you that you're not alone reassure to everyone that there's always someone that you can reach out to and reaffirm for you that, you know, here are the steps. And also, it's so much fun. I'm a curious person. I'm a middle child in a family of seven kids. So I've always been that bridge. I I feel like I always have to listen to both sides of the stories And then now I'm always curious. I'm always willing to just understand all facets and this representation. And to me, the diversity that we're talking about, I think it's been wonderful because I feel like I'm hearing a lot more thoughts and I'm hearing a lot more how we each can learn from each other. And the respect that I see from All the things that you're reading about now and sharing some ideas, um, it's just been wonderful for me as a, a curious person willing to learn and knowing that I am not the smartest person in the room, but I'm the person who is willing to listen and to learn.
6: Lisa, I want to come to you. Another one of these buzzwords I think people sometimes get a bit confused about is intersectionality. It's incredibly important, especially from people like myself, like white women, that we understand that their their intersectional experiences are very crucial to be looked at, as well as just speaking about one facet of identity. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts on the topic. Yeah,
5: I I think, you know, you you hit it spot on, right? It's really important that we, we talk about intersectionality and open up the subject to all facets. And I think Karina started to touch on this a little bit in her story when she talked about, like, you know, Latinas in um, treasury and finance, right, and banking and finance, right? When when you really think about how we view our communities, we view our communities very individually, right? Like, we, we view it by you know what we're used to like what do we go home to right well, the community that i go home to is very different than the community that i work with right and so i get all this good encouragement and all this great stuff happening from a diversity perspective you know women being recognized and a lot of companies seem to do well when it comes to the topic of gender i think because it's you know it's it's one that i don't know i don't know if i, I would say it's 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 easier because i don't think it's easier but i think there's more comfort around knowing that we we're we we're solving for the, the topic of, of gender when we talk about diversity. But when you add the other components to it, the plot thickens, right? Um, you know, being a Black woman, right, in banking and finance is a lot more rare than just being a woman in banking and finance. You know, when we think about what goes along with being a Black woman, especially, a, you know, African-American Black woman, there's a whole history and a long list of things that impact me and the community that I know about and the community that I that I come from, right? That would never play itself out potentially in a, in a work environment, right? So I have to, you know, you have to go and find where, you know, Karina even mentioned as well, finding people that are like you or that have some of the same experiences that you have had, it gets a lot harder, right? Like to then, you know, find out who makes up of that community. So, you know, look, I mean, diversity comes in so many different shapes and so many colors and so many facets, right? I mean, it gets down to like what you believe, right? And even, you know, religion and being LGBTQ and all these other facets of our lives that really are who we are as individuals when we're not in, in this environment. If we could figure out a way to, to bring all of that into the mix right into the pot and then say, okay, now what if we sit there and look at that and say, now what do we need to do to really say that we're cracking the code on that, right? Like, I think we'd find that we're only just touching a little bit of what all of this could potentially mean to make every individual feel like they belong, right? Because, you know, who we are and how we identify ourselves has a lot more to do with just one or maybe two facets I've had someone ask me uh, in the past, like, when you think about diversity, like, what comes first? Is it being a woman? Is it being black? Is it like socioeconomic? Is it LGBT? Like, what what comes first when you think about diversity? And I'm like, for me, it's all of it, right? It's all everything makes up, you know, who I am. So when I think about where things are um, equitable and where I feel like the playing field, is level, has to do with all of those different things that that make up who I am as an individual, and I'm, of course, not the only person, right, so a ton of people that have so many different facets of their, their lives, right, that really, you know, come into play when we start to, you know, talk about how do we as humans, right, start to really broaden our perspective about what people's needs really are, right, in the workplace, outside of the workplace. I've even had situations where you know I had to challenge some colleagues to say, well, and challenge myself to say, you know, when I'm not in this environment, what do my friends really look like? Who's sitting around my 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 dinner table? You know, how diverse is that, right? Like, and you know, we don't really think about that as individuals, right? We just, you know, that's you know, that's just part of who we who who we are when we're, but then we're expected to come into an environment where it all becomes a you know a melting pot again. So the subject of intersectionality from my perspective is extremely um, important. There are different things that have to be tackled, different problems that come into play. Black women, African-American women have different challenges than other women who are not black or not African-American women and this, and vice versa, right? It, it works the, the other way. It's not just you know only, only one-sided. And so um, I think we have to keep challenging ourselves to think what are the things that we're doing as a whole to make sure we're recognizing everyone's diversity, making sure someone mentioned that diversity is really about diversity of thought, diversity of mind. And if you start there, I think you branch out from there to say, you know what, am I really being narrow-minded when I think about this particular topic, right? Am I taking into perspective, you know, sort of, all these experiences that I could be faced with, right, that people may have, and not just from one lens, whether it's the way women think. Well, all women don't think alike, right? Mothers think differently than women who maybe haven't had the chance to have children, right? And women who are lesbians or queer, you know, have different experience than women who are not. But it's the job is to, to be done, is to, to figure out what are all of those. And you don't get to understand that, Unless you have all of these types of backgrounds together, unless you are bringing people, you know, into our mix and into the workplace that have all of these different backgrounds, I would even say socioeconomic backgrounds are important, right? Because it has a lot to do with the way we think as in the as individuals. One case in point is, you know, as, as I mentioned to you, to you guys, like I grew up, we didn't, my family didn't have any money at all, right, and so you know, I laugh sometimes when we're doing budgets and tech investment spend at work, right? People get all up in arms about, oh, you know, I didn't get, I didn't get my budget. They took this away from me. And and I'm like, for me, it's, 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 you start to automatically think about like, okay, now I don't have as much as I thought I was going to have, like, you know, what, what do I need to do? Right. Because I'm used to, I grew up, you know, with that kind of a mindset, right. I didn't, you didn't have much to start with. So, you know, it's automatic for me, but, um, you know the point is, is that I think all of these different intersections of our lives, you know who we are, that's where we really have to get to when we talk about are we really cracking the code on diversity and bringing everybody having a seat at the table and understanding what are all these different facets of lives that we need to really you know sort of solve for, and it's going to take some work and effort. But I think if we continue to have these kinds of conversations, continue to bring diverse set of women. And men and whoever to the table, like we're doing what you know, Women in Treasury is doing right now, I think we start to get there. Right. And So that's my feeling about intersectionality. Very passionate for me. It's a very passionate subject for me.
4: Just are all of us becoming more comfortable to have this conversation, to ask questions, right, to, to learn, to understand. I'm never going to. You know, fully appreciate, understand everyone's individual stories. That's not going to happen. But, you know, having the empathy, how can I learn from that? How can I help someone of a similar background when I encounter them in another situation? So I think just for all of us, and the Zoom, envi- the COVID environment has helped that. Look at this. We've brought to- together people that wouldn't have been in New York. Um, We've opened this up to an audience that would not have been able to participate in the past. So I I think that's great. But I think the importance of this topic, um, the big wins, it's at the table, right? It's at the board level. It's at senior levels. Um, It's across industries. It's across our education system all these conversations are happening, converging on this. There's statistics, right? There's data that is, is helping us have it, having the right conversations. We can have these conversations, but how do we track progress? How is it meaningful? Um, where are we making progress? How can we focus on other areas that may not be? So I, I think that's really important. And I think a lot of the wins have come out recently, right? Look at what's happening from the COVID environment. The big resignation, not only the big resignation, everyone going to different companies, but I think it's its one of three females, women are leaving, the, have left the workforce because of the pandemic, right? So, okay, understanding that, having that information real time to be able to action it What do we need to do about it? What do we need to to help and change what's taking place around that? So I think that, and then again, when companies report out now in their quarterly earnings, you know, their 10 Ks, it's not just about number of new clients, sales, losses and profits. It's the people agenda, right? How many companies now have um, a chief diversity officer? This is reported out. It's just as important as any of the other data points that are coming out from an organization, from a higher ed institution, from sports, right? Look again, going back to sports. You know, watching the football game the other night, female referee, watching some of the the pro teams, they have female coaches, female um, trainers, those are some of the really great wins, I think. And it's, this is, it's a global topic, right? It's not a regional topic, an industry topic. It's mm-hmm. a global topic that's getting the interest and attention it needs from so many venues, avenues, mm-hmm. that's going to help continue to drive the conversation in a positive way.
6: Um, Danette, on that note, you and I were speaking about access to parental leave. One of the things I like is, first of all, that we don't call it maternity leave, that we can call it parental leave and acknowledge that all sorts of different people become parents in all sorts of different ways. Um, but one of the things that that is interesting around that is, is how workplaces are responding, not just to letting people leave the workplace, but how they come back and what kind of tools they need to offer. So tell me a little bit about how you've seen that space evolve, how it's got better and what things you think still need to be worked on, because I think it's such a critical thing factor to particularly keeping women in the workplace.
1: Absolutely. Through my career, this has shifted significantly. And even as a child, I, I remember my mom telling us that she she had only nursed until she needed to go back to work because it was inconvenient. Um, and the US, first of all, is one of the only um wealthy countries that doesn't offer parental leave at a national level. And that's a really sad statistic. But the the good thing is that individual companies are um, improving what they're offering for their employees. So for for instance, with my first child, I applied for short-term disability. Having a baby was a short-term disability. And then I could use paid time off that I had accrued for the additional time that I needed um, to be at home with my newborn. And today, with the same company, um, the benefits are a lot better. You get eight weeks of paid parental leave on top of a short-term disability. And there's a transition period. That's something completely new because it it is a big transition going from being at home every day with with your newborn to coming back to the office and having that time to adjust to the new reality of um, being a working mom is really important, having that flexibility. And I think that's something we've certainly seen through the pandemic is having that flexibility of being able to have some time to work from home or adjusting your hours so that you're coming in earlier, leaving earlier, or, um, so that you can accommodate childcare, picking up kids. And, and that's been a, a, an important and um, very positive shift. The other thing that I've seen as a society is that people are really um, more receptive to working moms and um, the, the whole concept of lactation. Uh, I, my The company I work for, my employer was kind enough to install privacy screens so that I could do pumping in my office, that it would be more convenient so that you didn't have to walk away and, and leave doing your work at your desk to be able to uh, do what you need to in, in that environment. And even in the public setting, um, airports. Uh, train stations, malls, uh, all of them have mother's rooms where you can nurse or or pump whatever you may need. And that didn't exist 10, 15 years ago, from what I recall. Granted, maybe I wasn't looking for it because I didn't have kids and didn't need it, but, but certainly I've seen a lot more of that in a public setting that has been uh, important because in other countries that you have the um, ability to have that parental leave in some places up to a year in other countries, whereas the U.S. it really has been behind for many years. So the, those are some of the shifts that I've seen. What else needs to happen? I think we need to continue to have these conversations, the open conversations and get people comfortable. Um, I was re- uh, not recently, but before the pandemic, I had taken a trip. I was up in New York visiting one of our one of our banks and and I was pumping at that time and I had no problem asking the male banker that I was going to visit if there was um, some if there was a private facility that I could use to, to pump. And had that been 10, 15 years ago, I don't think I would have been comfortable. And certainly the male counterpart that I was speaking to really wouldn't have been comfortable with me asking that. But nowadays it's perfectly fine to ask those questions and doesn't put anyone in the spot because because we are having these conversations and it is acceptable and people want to recognize that you need to provide these accommodations so that women can continue to flourish and and close that gender gap.
6: Karina I want to come back to you now we've been speaking a little bit about your community activities and the work you've done and we're also speaking about all of our learning experiences there so Danette's been speaking about the wins in the space of parental leave what's been some of the major takeaways for you from the work that you've been doing and what what advice can you offer to all of us as a result of that like what are some of the things that you think okay that that was good that worked
2: yeah thanks Sophie I think I'm going to go back to the power of community right and really, I think what I've learned is that people really appreciate being part of a community and a sense of belonging, right? And so I've always just tried to provide that and put efforts into that in providing a community where people can come in and be safe and talk freely and there's no judgment. And I think it's a place where people can share and learn and grow. So definitely, uh, if you don't see something there isn't something that's being offered in, in your community, then go create it, right? And surround yourself with people that are like-minded, that are positive and then believe in your cause. Another thing that I think I've learned is a uh, key takeaways is um, exercise your voice, right? Build that courage to speak up, right? Especially when your gut tells you to right ask those questions, provide your ideas. I think it's important to remember, right? If you're invited to the table, It's because there's something that you know unique about you that you can contribute. And so assuming that there is an inclusive environment, then it is your responsibility to actively engage. And even with exercising your voice, it's helping others exercise their voice as well. Right. Like I know not everyone feels comfortable speaking up, right? It takes a little bit of a nerve to like be comfortable with that. And so encourage others to do that. Hand them the microphone, right? Give them that spotlight. Um, and in that is like just being an ally and and help other women get opportunities, right? Offer your connections and celebrate their successes as well. Something that was mentioned as well was around knowing your values and I think knowing your strengths and being intentional, right? And And so that, Does take a little bit of reflection, but I think knowing your values, it's your guiding principle as to how you're gonna make decisions. Right. Like for me, integrity, humility, being curious, right? Knowing my strengths, right? It's it's really important because I know I can't do everything on my own. And so as I build a team. I know I have to bring others that have other strengths that will complement, right? And as a team, we can complement each other and really build a strong team that way. And being intentional about everything, right? For me, it has been about taking stretch assignments, about speaking up about what my interests are. And for example, last year, With the support of my manager, I was able to take on a 50-50 role between investor relations and treasury. That allowed me to broaden my skills and refresh my resume as well, right? So being intentional about what other opportunities are there. And if there are not opportunities, then creating your own opportunities. I think the last thing I would say Sophie, is around diversity and inclusion, right? I think it's at the center of it all, right? Being proactive about that. Be proactive about diversity and inclusion, right? Again, I'm going to say be an ally. And I would say also promote an environment where people with diverse backgrounds can, actually better even yet, right? Not that they can, but they will want to be highly engaged, right? It's not about allowing them. It's more about just us as individuals wanting to be more engaged, right? So promote that diversity and inclusion because it's the right thing to do. I think those are some of the learnings around the communities that I've I've built about my experiences and career. And and, I've been lucky enough to be in, in a very supportive environment. And where my focus is in now is about paying it forward
6: awesome and I love you said that be curious and like it's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently and I think sometimes all of us are going to be in spaces often if we want to get ahead in our careers where we don't feel like we're necessarily at ease like it's not necessarily built for us and in order to be the generation that changes that we need to instead of being defensive and being a little bit reticent, we need to be more curious. The more that we ask questions about a situation, the more that we allow ourselves to be curious about why things are like they are. The more I think we get comfortable with with having a space there and the less that we're gonna be acting defensively, which I think can often hold us back when we feel like, oh, you know, I'm scared of being here. I'm a bit traumatized by the whole experience. So thank you so much for that that lovely explanation.
0: We were also lucky enough to be supported on the day by BMP Paribas. Florence Bourchet, head of CIB Latin America and head of CSR Americas, took some time to talk to us and gave us her thoughts.
7: I really think that a very important factor in order to allow more women to to get to senior position is to give them flexibility. I think it's extremely important for uh, younger women to have a sense that when they need some flexibility, they will get it. It will make our industry a bit more appealing, I think, and it will allow them to project themselves in the future. Uh, When I say flexibility, I mean flexibility in terms of schedule, so daily schedule, maybe weekly schedule, and also sometimes work from home. I think the new ways of working are going to be very helpful in that regard because there will be built-in flexibility, but I think employers have to make sure that women understand that they have the choice and they can build families and they can grow in our industry and respect a sort of uh, work-life
0: balance. I think
7: it's extremely important.
0: Thank you to our panellists Danette, Karina, Fung, Dorothy and Lisa for being part of the conversation. Thank you to our sponsors HSBC and JP Morgan and our supporters BNP Pariba. And finally, a big thank you to you for joining us on the day. Thank you for listening. To hear more of our podcast episodes and to discover all our other audio content, please subscribe